We've never wavered from that vision. Everything you hold worthwhile is at stake. Beyond yourself and ourselves, I have a dream. Freedom is indivisible. Uh, I took the initiative in creating the internet. That app comes with incredible rapidity. One electrical arc after another. Still trying to get myself adjusted. It really is a revolution. Thanks, uh, thanks so much for hopping on. So I, I think we'll just uh, dig right in. Usually I do a little like pre-report thing, but I think we kind of just did that. So we got caught up. Um, so, you know, on uh, this podcast, we have Mr. Christopher Kai. And um, Chris, thank you so much for hopping on. Let's see if I can do justice on your authority here. Um, so you've written three books, which I have one right here called Big Game Hunting. Five. You've written five now. Okay, well, in this book it says three, so now it's five. Uh, so this guy's written two, two yeah. more books, uh, apparently, uh, <laughs> since I've last talked to you. Uh, you've been okay. So then, then the speeches is definitely off uh, a thousand plus. Well, what are you? How many speeches have you given now? I'd love, I'd love to hear how like how many actually over over a thousand, over a thousand. I mean, I, easily over a thousand. Easily over a thousand. Okay, you're sporting the ten x uh, the TEDx shirt as. Uh, those of you guys that are on audio only, unfortunately, do not get to see it. And then the, um, the, the Super Saiyan hair, I call it the, the, the electric Miami hair. Uh, I believe we first met. It's the lion, lion's mane, lion's mane. The lion's mane. I love it. I believe we first met in Los Angeles through um, mutual acquaintance of ours. Did we meet at Ties or did we meet through Owens first? I believe we met through Nick. We actually met at Jeff, actually, Steinke. Like He had a, a party. And it was like super late and it was like really just like, just, I just remember meeting you, I think at Jeff's party possibly. And you had this great vibe. And then we bumped into each other, I think at other places. And I'm like, yo, this guy's cool. And I invited you to one of my masterminds that I had about a year and a half ago. And you just have this, for those that are listening, though I'm being interviewed, Mikhail is one of those guys. And I, and I don't say this lightly. I've met literally billionaires like Elon Musk and all these other people. But what I love about Mikhail is he's so kind, visceral, direct, and smart, that you're not going to get many people better than this man talking about not just marketing online, but it's really about business and strategy. Oh, thank you, brother. You're going to make me blush. I'm, I'm really glad we're not showing them the video now because I'm going to be, I'm going to be read it. I'm going to be, they're going to be looking at a tomato. They're going to be like, what's going on with this guy? Um, thank you so much, man, for uh, the flattering words. So, so let's, let's dig into your backstory a little bit for the guys that, that don't know. I mean, let's, let's start from Queens and then Kind of, kind of build it up. You want to do the the thirty second spiel here? Sure, sure, sure. So, I mean, I was born and raised in New York City. Didn't have a lot of money, access, or connections. My mom was a school teacher. My first memory as a kid was getting punished for talking too much in class, and I was super short. So, I had all these challenges growing up relative to being low self esteem. And eventually, I figured out, you know what? Life is all about building strong relationships. Your network is the number one best predictor for career success. And what I call next level networking is really being a speaker. So I've been speaking professionally for the last 19 years, given up a thousand presentations, spoke at Google, American Express. I just came back from Zurich, Switzerland, where I shared the stage with the president of Switzerland. And a McKinsey partner told the founder that after seeing me speak, that he's elevated your conference to a TED Talk level event. Nice. So that was quite a compliment coming from a McKinsey partner. Mm-hmm. And now I travel the world giving talks, but I also have a a GPS program where it's online, group coaching as well as pop coaching, where I teach entrepreneurs how do you become a speaker, how do you branch with a speaker, how do you really find the topic, find the clients, and find the, the expertise that you all have to actually position yourself as a speaker. I love it. I love it. Okay, so, so let's, let's touch on that because I think for some people, it's like, yeah, speaking, charge full force. But I think other people that are listening – myself included actually are, are terrified of it, you know, in, in a way. I mean, now I'm, now I'm okay. You know, I get, I guess with, with a little bit of practice, you get kind of used to uh, the waters there. But I think for a lot of people, that's actually a huge fear for them is like, they're like, I don't want to speak. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be this thing, but at the same time, everybody wants to be an influencer now. And so you have this yeah, kind of yeah. dynamic. So, so talk a little bit about like, what are some of the fears maybe that you had to overcome with speaking and, I, I don't have fears, Mikhail. I say, <laughs> no, let, let, let's just first define public speaking. 
and define the fear and let's break it down, right? So first, public speaking is no longer speaking in front of the public because when you're on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn now has a video function. So I wanna be clear that you and I are public speaking because if someone watches the video, I'm speaking in front of the public. So I wanna be really clear that I had a client named Shragana, super afraid, super fearful. I said, let's just start where we are, which is Facebook Live. The first Facebook Live, she had thousands of views on her first Facebook Live. When I last spoke to her, she was speaking on a global stage in Europe in front of 500 executives. So I wanna be clear on the people listening to this podcast, which all of them should do. Public speaking is no longer speaking in front of an actual public. So just get over that fear of at least defining public speaking to so just start wherever you are, whether it's Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook. And if you can't do that, you're a loser. Like you have to get over that, okay? The second thing is, the reason why we fear public speaking is because we have this thing in our brain called the amygdala, and as you, you're a bright guy, Mikhail, you know what the amygdala is, but for those that don't, it's a fight or flight response. We are reptiles, so you are literally putting yourself in danger if you're standing by yourself. Because if we had a try back in the day, if a lion, a saber-toothed tiger, a cheetah tries to kill us, if we're in a pack, we have a higher probability of survival. So the fact that if you stand alone, our amygdala brain, our reptilian brain are telling us, oh my gosh, I'm afraid because I have a less probability of surviving, that in, 20, in the 21st century is a complete waste of time, thought, and feeling. So I wanna first let people know why we fear public speaking, because it literally is ingrained in our genetics. So now that you know that, you don't have to be afraid of someone attacking you or yelling at you or like jumping on stage. And sometimes if you have someone jumping on stage, that's perhaps a good thing, right? So I wanna be really clear, defining public speaking where it's no longer just speaking in front of the public and then why you fear, it's because of the fact that in our very brain, we're, we're taught that. But lastly, every time I hear people that say they're afraid, it's usually because they keep inculcating themselves with that fear factor. Oh my gosh, what if I say something wrong? Oh my gosh, what if I might wear the wrong thing? Oh my gosh, what if people laughing? What if people, it's like, it's all self-centered. I say, burn that script away, erase that script, and say, who's the one person that you want, most want to inspire in the audience? And it's all about impact. And as long as you focus on the impact you're gonna make on the person in the stage, then all, all these fears will slowly go away because it's not about you, Mikhail. It's not about me, it's not about this hair, it's not about your muscles, it's about, the impact you make on the audience. And that's why every single time I go on stage, I'm super grateful. It doesn't matter whether there's 20 people or 2,000 or 20,000. It's like I'm so grateful to have the potential to impact one person. And you want to keep it humble like that. I've impacted a lot more than one people, but it's about can you impact one person? So if you focus on them, the impact you make, and less on yourself, and know that the amygdala is just trying to hack you into being a reptilian brain that's not necessary, you're going to be so much better if you just focus on the impact you make. I love it, man. Okay, so so let's let's unpack that a little bit more. So one of the first things you're saying is like biology hasn't really caught up to technology, right? And that's a topic that I think comes up a lot. We live in a in a pretty sanitized world, right? Like I get all my stuff delivered, we have Amazon, you know, our food is pre-prepped, and yet, <laughs> you know, you know, biologically we haven't evolved to where we've gotten ourselves out of that scarcity paradigm. So a lot of the fear that people experience, as you're mentioning, is not rational. It's actually sits so far back that uh, I think the people that are truly going to be winning are the people that are able to kind of erase that fear and realize, okay, well, we're in the 21st century. Things aren't so bad. And uh, there, there shouldn't be this fear of, you know, it's, it's similar to like going and approaching a, a cute girl, right? It, for yeah, some reason, this cute yeah. girl suddenly turns into a tiger that's going to maul you and you have a very similar response. So we, we teach that quite a bit. I think that's a great point. The second point that you brought up that, that I think is really, really fascinating is this idea of, of purpose and impact, right? Because, you know, you have 12-year-old kids that are posting on Instagram that are like social media imposter. And these guys are public speaking. Like you mentioned right now, we're public speaking. The idea of, of this podcast is public speaking. So for the listener, to, for us to make an impact on the listener that's actually listening to this, uh, really ask yourself, is my purpose worth it? Is my purpose on this earth worth it to go and test it? right? Is it safe enough to try? That's an approach that I use a lot is, is it safe enough to try to go and, you know, make, make an Instagram post to make a Facebook live to go out and actually talk to a real human and try and relay your purpose. I think one of the big things that that people face is this idea of you go out and you are authentic and you present yourself, but then you get hit with this rejection from the outside world. Mm -hmm. And so can you, can you maybe talk a little bit about 
you know, for, with this GPS program, like how do you train people to overcome that? Cause that's very soul crushing, right? When you're, when you're being honest, you're being at most yourself and the world tells you, no, 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 you're not good. Get, get back in your little turtle shell, go back home and sit at home. And I think a lot of people experience that no matter what level you're at. I think even the highest level influencers sometimes still experience uh, that emotional response. And, and you know, they've got a lot more resilient pushing through it. But for the guys that are just starting out, it's really, really tough. So can you maybe talk about that, you know, how you do that in GPS and what techniques you found? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even the word GPS stands for the Gifted Professional Speaker Program. And I'll give a very specific example. It was a 20-year-old client of mine who clearly might not have a lot of life experience yet, but she wants to be a speaker. She wants to be a consultant. So at the time, she would help people find leads on LinkedIn. So she's a social media person, right? She's a millennial. So we crafted this story and narrative that she's a millennial expert where she either helps clients find – first, she helps clients – understand how to market to millennials because she's a millennial, but she also helps clients understand how to market to millennials. And she ended up getting hired recently from Tesla. She got hired from Ikea. But the first and most important thing you need to do is what is your subject matter expertise? Why are they hiring you? And what's credible? So in her case, as a 20 year old, you know, she might not have as much credibility as I or you have for now, but if she's a millennial marketer and she has actively helped people, find clients online, then she can own that, whether it's one time, two times, 10 times, and she's actually helped me, so I know it works, I know she works, I know she is a person of integrity. So once you actually have that subject matter expertise, then it's about, well, Chris, am I really an expert if I've only helped two, three, or four clients? And then I say back to the client, I'm like, look, as long as you've helped people do what they want you to do, then you can be an expert. And in time, those three people will be 30, those 30 will be 300, and now let's say in two and a half years, I've helped over people become global speakers in 24 countries and five continents and even before that I've been helping clients and executives become speakers so they don't need 20 years of experience but as long as they have a few base hits that they've done that other people have not done so I think some people get scared that they have this imposter syndrome where if you even help someone make a thousand dollars a month through passive income that's better than 69% of Americans because 69% of Americans don't even have a thousand dollars in their savings so some people think, oh, I need to make millions of dollars, I need to make $100,000. Like, you need to just make more money than the person that's hiring you that hasn't made yet. You know? So I want to be really clear that when people talk about you or me, oh, you're successful, my first program was on networking. I hired a videographer, I color-coded it, it was all professional, but people kept making excuses, saying, well, I don't live in Beverly Hills, Chris, I don't have all these things. And you know what? The GPS program, I shot it on my smartphone. I literally shot it on my smartphone because I didn't want any excuses were as if it created content people will buy it. So for the people listening to this call, whether you're a newbie or not, it's about what can you credibly say that you're a subject matter expert on, that you've had some case, 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 case studies, and also you couple that with what I call borrow credibility. You've heard of the 10,000 hour mastery rule, Michael? Of course. Well, so most people know that because a guy named Malcolm Gladwell who wrote a book called Outliers. Mm -hmm. What most people don't know is that Malcolm Gladwell borrowed credibility from a guy named Kay Anders Erickson, who was a professor out of Florida, who actually did the research for 10,000 Hours Mastery. What I'm saying is anyone, whether you're Adam Grant, whether you're Charles Duhigg, whether you're, whether you're Malcolm Gladwell, these, these, these authors, they all reference psychologists, sociologists, scientists with the same research. So no one's hurting or, or, or preventing you, Mikhail, or me or anyone on this call to borrow the credibility that you know, Malcolm Gladwell does. And I do that all the time. I, though I wrote a book on networking, even if I didn't, I can say Ron Burt, who teaches at the University of Chicago, studies network science and found that your network is the number one best predictor for your success. So I myself, though I've written a book on networking, though I've been told I'm a networking expert and the billionaire networker on Inc. Magazine, all that builds credibility, but no one's stopping anyone on the call. Whatever your subject matter expertise is or you want to talk about, you find a, a psychologist or a psychologist or some scientific research that can back your, 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 your stance. Otherwise, you're just another one of these life coaches, speakers, that they all just look the same, sound the same, and they're all just like saying the same thing. I'm going to help you transform your life. Oh, great. Thank you. Tell me how. But if you say, I'm going to teach you, Mikhail, how to meditate, and based on Harvard-backed research for three decades, it shows that when you meditate, you lower your cortisol levels, 
you lower your heart pressure, blood pressure, you lower your, you know, like this is like scientific based things where you can say, well, I don't agree with you, Christopher. Well, I don't care if you agree with me. Just do the research, Google it, and you'll see, wow, Harvard, medical school, whatever it might be. And so I just see a lot of people that lack an understanding of persuasion and credibility where either they're overly confident and egotistical about themselves and they don't get the fact that just because you say something doesn't mean people believe you. And if you want to be more believable, just Google it. It doesn't take too much time, which is kind of uh, sad that you just have to Google it and you can build more credibility that way. Totally. Okay. So there, there's a lot to unpack there. I, I've, I'm going to hammer on a couple of things. Um, the, the authority angle, I think, is something that, that a lot of people miss because even myself, right? I mean, I manage marketing for a million dollar a month company. And even I'm like, am I really like that good of a marketer? There's always somebody who's better. Yay. <laughs> but, but right, right. Well, like, I think everybody kind of has that in the back of their mind. And I think a lot of people listening are like, well, I'm not really that good. And I think the example that Ramit Sethi uses a lot is like, well, have you ever had like your family ask you to help them with a computer? Right? Like, it's like, oh, my computer's not working. Well, guess what? Now you're relative to that other person, you're an expert because you've been able to help them out. So I, th I think expertise and authority is very much relative. And uh, for you and yeah. speaking, I think that there's something else that you hammered on that, that's kind of very, very interesting that people that are listening might not have caught is this idea that the input doesn't really matter. Like, like nobody really cares about the input anymore. I think society's gotten so OCD and ADHD and the attention spans are so short. They don't really care how much work you put into something. All they want is the output, right? That input output balance. All they want is that result. And so the two things that you teach, I think are actually one of the greatest uh, leverage points for results, right? That's the speaking and that's the networking. And you teach both of those and you're phenomenal at both of them. I mean, I've seen you on some of the biggest stages in the world. I've seen you networking with just, just completely insane people. Like every time I get off the phone with you, you're like, like who were you just on a call with before our call here? <laughs> if you're yeah, allowed I to disclose the, 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 I call the premier of a, of a Caribbean country. And yeah. I also call, yeah. So, so again, I just came back from Davos. One of my clients is the former global CTO of Citigroup. But when you're at Davos, it's like the Super Bowl of world leaders. And this is just my everyday life because I've been doing this for a while. I wrote a book on networking with billionaires. But it, it's about what you keep saying before, Mikhail, it's relative to who you're coaching. Not everyone can be me or you at this point, but that's why I reference my clients who are 20 years old, 25 years old, and they don't have a lot of experience, but yet I just have one client that said I spoke with Magazine. I have another client that booked five speeches at $20,000. Like it's like crazy that it's one thing that I can do it because I've been doing this for 19 years, but I have clients consistently. I just had a woman named Amanda. She just booked three speeches. I have another client that just got a TEDx talk, you know? So like I have so many testimonials from my GPS program that I can't even keep track of them. And the reason why is because I actually know what I'm doing where I meet these people that are selling these programs online and the speakers, they're either like super, super, super successful from a celebrity brand and they just use their celebrity brand, but there's not much content or they're like a 25 year old or even a 35 year old that's given like 20 speeches and it's like, Oh, I'm a great speaker. I'm like, yeah, great. You are. Yeah. I think the, I think the experience is important. I think the other thing that's really important for people to factor into is this, this idea of being a great speaker doesn't have to just apply for people that are speaking from the stage. Take, for example, a high-level executive that's in a business meeting. Well, if you've ever had a situation where you're in a business meeting or even, say, at a roundtable with colleagues and you're not getting heard, there's a reason for that. You have a block between what's going on in your mind and this, this great idea that you want to relay to the world and there's a block between you being able to actually get it out there and get it heard. And so if you ever had that where, you know, you're sitting there and you can tell somebody's really trying hard to communicate an idea, but they're having a really hard time. I mean, really think about how much pain and frustration that causes for them and that they have this great vision for what their life could be, that, that great life that they could be living that could be affecting their family, their friends you know, the, their, their coworkers in a positive way, and yet they're just not able to get it out. So I think what's really cool about what you teach is it's very like results oriented. It's look, we're not just gonna, we're not just gonna get you on stages. Getting you on stages is kind of like, of course that's gonna happen. That's, that, that, that should be the default. But on top of that, I think the biggest benefit is we're gonna show you how to express that inner passion that you have 
for life and communicate that in a way that resonates to where not only are you going to be able to speak from the stage, close from the stage, get sales from the stage, but you're also going to be able to make a bigger impact in the lives of every single person you come in contact with, whether that's the barista at Starbucks or, you know, high level executives, or again, the premier of a, <laughs> of, a, of a country, as in, as in your case, yeah. you know, I'd like to think that on that phone call, as almost every phone call I've had with you, you, you've made a positive impact on their life, just like you made a positive impact on my life, just like you're making right now a positive impact on the minds of the listener. So uh, l- let's unpack one thing really quickly here. So I think the word networking, it, it's got a little bit of a dirty connotation in the entrepreneur space. I think a lot of entrepreneurs use networking as an excuse to not do the work. But as you and I both know, networking is actually one of the highest leverage things. I think the quote you used before was, you know, you never know the one person that could change your life forever, right? I think you told me that originally. And so can you talk a little bit about why is networking so important for success and how is GPS and public speaking important for that networking to be successful in and of itself? Does that make sense? Yeah. And let's, again, let, for sure. So let's first define networking, right? Again, traditional networking is you go to an event, you get a best stack of business cards, usually nothing happens with the business cards, right? And so networking is a waste of time because you hear that with the phrase, you got to work the room, Mikhail, you got to work the room. Working in the room is a waste of time if in the wrong room. So finding the right rooms is why I wrote this book called Big Game Hunting, Networking with Billionaires, Executives, and Celebrities, because you're focusing on the influencers, the mentors, the successful people that you want to either be like or become clients with. So that's a very different skill set of just focusing and targeting and researching the type of people you want. You have the science-based networking, which you talked about, Ron Burt, where you're studying the fact that you either have open networks or closed networks. And open networks are the antithesis of what we were taught as a kid. As a kid, mommy and daddy tell us, Mikhail, Chris, don't talk to strangers. Well, guess what? In the world of success, you have to talk to strangers. You have to talk to successful strangers. And it's the most important thing because that's an open network based on network science. And lastly, I call next level networking, which is going back to GPS, where I don't have any issue to network anymore. I don't even go to networking events. If I go to an event, it's usually because I'm a friend of the person I'm supporting or I'm speaking there. So speaking is what I call next level networking because even if you're on a panel or if you're standing up for Q&A, as long as you stand up, you're being raised above everyone else, literally and figuratively. So I highly encourage everyone that if you're an entrepreneur, you have to understand how to speak because that's next level networking. You can go to the bed with 100 people. If you're a speaker, you're already risen above the 100 people. And I, I want to stress what you said, Mikhail. It's not about how great of a speaker you are. It's about how great your message is and how your solution helps other people's problems. So don't worry about how great you speak. Focus more on what your speech is about and your content and your message. And you can rehearse that over and over and over again and just point blank. If Mikhail asked me, hey, what do I do for a living? Speak for a living and help other entrepreneurs understand how to speak and get paid. You know, there's no ambiguity. I either help people become speakers or I think myself. Whereas when I meet people, they can't even say that in one sentence. I'm like, dude, like, what do you do? Oh, uh, just give me, oh, they give me six things. I just spoke to a woman over the weekend. She's like, oh, I'm a realtor and I have a patent and I'm going to school, and I'm like, look, you focus on one thing and just drive that home and succeed there. Otherwise, you're just, you're just nothing. You're not going to be successful. I love it. So that's, that's kind of like the elevator pitch theory broken down. So, so okay, w- one of the things you mentioned there quite a few times, and you kind of brushed over your, your great book that you've written, um, Big Game Hunting. So, so let, let's talk a little bit about that. In there, you got a great quote. I think it's, um, ignorance is not bliss. Self-awareness is bliss. I believe you have that in there. Um, as a quote. Yeah, and, yeah, I, I th- yeah, yeah. and I think that's a, that's a really great quote because a lot of times I see people at, at these, these networking events like running around with, like a chicken with their head cut off. They're just like, la, 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 la. They're, they're just going numbers, 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 numbers. They're not really working to build a, a real human connection. And the same thing's happening on social media right now. Everybody's like, how many followers do you have? Well, it doesn't really matter. Like the question should be, how many of those followers would care if you died? <laughs> You know, that's like the question that I'm starting to go for. Like, like of, of my whatever amount of people that follow me on social media, if I disappear today, right, if I got hit by like a giant bird, like a giant parakeet just like 
flew through the window and it like, you know, just messed me up and like, you know, you, 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 this would be like a live on video death kind of thing, right? If that happened, like how many of them would be like super sad or would they just go, oh, unfollow and just move on to the next thing? I'd be sad, I'd be sad. Well, you'd be, of course, yes. So that, that means we did something right here, right? So that's a good sign. Like that means we did something right. No, I, I mean that, like this planet is getting more and more populated. It's getting easier and easier to go for the numbers. It's getting harder and harder to actually go for real meaningful connection. So if you can maybe talk for a little bit about a, what did you actually mean by, you know, ignorance is, is not bliss, self-awareness is bliss? Can you maybe unpack that a little bit more? For sure. So again, the book I wrote, it's a number one global bestseller called Big Game Hunting, Networking with Billionaires, Executive Celebrities. Because I didn't write this book because I love networking. I wrote this book because I want to help people because I find people are horrible at it. And the one thing that the most horrible about is that they don't research it. They don't research the event. They don't research people in the event. So to give a very specific example, if let's say, you know, someone wants to meet executives. Well, if you were in Zurich a month ago and the conference I spoke at where the president of Switzerland was also there, 85% of the people there were executives. So the most basic thing of just going on the website, researching who's going to be there. And usually if there's a sponsorship deck, the sponsorship deck will say the type of people that will be there because no one's going to spend money on a sponsorship deck if they don't know who's in the room to target them. So just do your research to find the people in the right room. Otherwise, you're wasting your time. And then when you get there, going back to what you're saying, I just gave a speech over the weekend, and this guy boasted to me that he got 400 business cards from the week prior at Grant Cardone's 10X conference. And I'm like, why is that even helpful to get 400 business cards? Because again, it sounds like a more alpha thing as a male. Oh, I got 400. It means nothing. I said, why don't you focus on 40 next time, or even four of people that might be a client business partner because it's a waste of time. It just sounds good, but it's, you're just wasting your time. You kind of smile and smirk because that's how we're taught. We want to work hard, but working hard is a waste of time. You're not working smart. So the book is all about how can you understand the 20 things you can do before an event, which is research, during an event, which is approach the person you want to meet, and after the event, which is follow-up. It, it makes no sense to go to an event, get pay money, find the time to go there if you're not going to follow up because 80% of your success is best in the follow-up. They always talk about how Fortunate is in the follow-up, and I always like to give very specific examples. I have something called avenues of follow-up. A stands for articles, V stands for videos, E stands for events. Hey, Mikhail, mm -hmm. what's up, dude? You're going to be here uh, in Miami next week. I'd love to invite you to an event. That's the highest level thing you can do. Articles are helpful too. Videos are too. But what you're doing is adding value. And based on Robert Cialdini about the art of reciprocity, it's been empirically studied that when you give, 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 people just feel almost guilty across culture, give back. Now, I don't give to give back. There's so many times I've actually given where they say, oh, I'm so grateful you introduced me to that person. I'm so grateful you gave me that book. I don't even remember I even gave them that book, but it doesn't matter because it's like you keep giving. So to kind of summarize, the book is about what do you do before, in a, before an event? You research. What do you do during an event? You approach the people you want to approach. And what do you do after an event, which is you follow up and you follow up and you follow up. Don't take things personal. It took me 20 years to codify them to 20 strategies. And for all these people that say they know all these things, oh, I know that, Christopher. I'm like, well, just because you know it doesn't mean you apply it. If you don't apply it, you don't know it, really. I love it. I love it. Um, okay, and, and so. I'm yep. sorry. And, and, and to answer the question about self-awareness, if they're not aware that they're going to the wrong events, if they're not aware of researching, if they're not aware of the person they want to meet, like if they don't know who their exact client is that they want to meet, in my case, my GPS, if you're an entrepreneur and you have a certain amount of money to invest in my program and you want to get more clients, well, you're my ideal client. And then lastly, the follow-up, if, if, if you go to 10 events and 9 out of 10 events, you're not getting clients, are you even self-aware of enough to even research the fact that you've, done to, you've got the 10 events? So I just meet people that are just so, they're just so just on the treadmill, always focusing on do, 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 do. And they waste so much time and money and resources and then because they're not aware of how they're spending their time. I love it. I love it. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to kind of work this backwards uh, and it's, we're going we're gonna to tie it all together. I think this is a beautiful tapestry that we've kind of woven here. So I think everybody listening, you know, look, you want a result for yourself, right? Just like Chris, you're on this. You want a result for yourself. I want a result for myself in my life. Every single person listening you should want a result for your life. Like you wouldn't be listening to this podcast if you didn't have some sort of outcome oriented mindset for yourself. And what we're saying here is, look, that's great. That's awesome. Like we welcome that here, but you got to understand that in order to get that result, you're going to have to go through the impact channel. 
You're going to have to make an impact in the lives of other people in order to get that result for yourself. And one of the biggest mistakes that I see in networking events is people want to make an impact, but they kind of mess it up. They go and you, you know, you'll see like Will Smith at the event and like, Will Smith, I'm such a huge fan. It's like, and he's like, okay, and the guy will never talk to you again, right? And so that, that's where I think GPS is really great because uh, it really hones the sword. It sharpens the sword and makes it so that that result that you want to have for yourself that breaks down the impact, it makes it very clear for how you actually make that impact, that value proposition that you have inside that you want to deliver to these people. It gives you a lot of clarity to say, this is how you do that. This is how you go about getting on that stage and impact the people. And guess what? At the end of the day, those people will hand you money, right? You know, we could sit here and talk about being altruistic, about charity, and I actually do want to touch on that a little bit in a moment. But at the end of the day, everybody here has got a monetary goal. Like I've got my, my eight, you know, uh, eight little levels, right, of like how do I feel physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, um, energetically, resource, relationships, contribution. Resources are a big part of that. The, the, you know, you can't maintain your body if you don't have good food, right? You can't, you know, have free time if you don't have money. Uh, there's a whole lot of things that have to come together. So what I think you've done this, this really great with GPS is that's really – a superpower to be able to say, look, I've got this value, I've honed in on it, and I've got a delivery mechanism that is so potent that people can't help but pay attention to it. Because right now there, there's so much fluff, there's so much noise, and to, to find something that's, that's truly impactful on a high level is becoming harder and harder and harder, right? Look at why you know, Gary Vee is successful, right? Because it cuts through all this noise, his message cuts through all this noise, through this fog, and, and it hits you home right where it hurts. And, you know, some people might like it, love, love them or hate them, it gets you to pay attention, right? You mentioned Grant Cardone, another great example, right? Ty Lopez, one of my mentors, another great example. Cuts through the noise, hits at home. And so you've, you've done that with GPS, and I think that's phenomenal. So uh, for the listeners of this podcast, before we keep going here, uh, we're definitely going to include a special link down below in the show notes. And uh, let's talk a little bit about you know, you mentioned GPS a few times. How do people get into the program if they want to become a public speaker or if they just want to make more impact, whether that's in their family life, in their workplace, or maybe they already have an organization and they want to lead that organization better and relay their vision and their message better? How do they do that? Yeah, well, they can go to my website, christopherkai.com and click on program. And I last minute about KAI. And the how is first defining, you know, what is your message? Then defining who your client is, and then the three examples you mentioned before with Gary V, Ty Lopez, they all have a brand. The very word outstanding, they have an outstanding brand, meaning their brand stands out from everyone else. So with my brand with GPS, I stand out in that I have clients in 100 cities, 24 countries, and five continents, and anywhere we go, I just got recognized when I was in Davos. It's like the Super Bowl of, of world leaders, and I got recognized there. But the GPS teaches people how do you brand yourself in a way that you stand out. So you're not just a speaker. You have a very specific subject matter expertise. But you also understand the sales scripting. You understand the psychology. You understand how to speak both online and offline to find those clients. And lastly, you understand how to follow up and network. Because just because you can speak well, if you don't understand the business side, it doesn't matter. So the biggest difference between my program and everyone else's I talk about the business side of speaking. I talk about the branding side of speaking. And if you don't have branding or business of speaking, then it's not, you're not being a professional speaker, nor are you using speaking as a platform to find clients, fans, followers, or extra revenue. So I want to stress that, as you said, Mikhail, we live in such a distracted world that if you don't understand how to be a speaker, own your stage, be outstanding, and create a brand that stands out from everyone else, you won't be successful. So I hope that people really take that to heart and get involved with our GPS program. And the thing that I'm most excited about, Mikhail, everywhere I go, whether I'm in the Bay Area or Zurich, I love meeting the gifters that we've built. And I call them gifters because their story is a gift to the world. So all my clients, I call them gifters because really your story, Mikhail, is a gift to the world. Everyone that's listening is a gift to the world. It's about owning that story. But when you join our program and our community, you get to not just own the story, you get to monetize that. And most importantly, you get to make an impact in the world. I love it, man. And I think that's, that's a great commonality between really high level players, right? Because I think everybody who's still making a name for themselves, it's a very taking 
mentality of like, I need to carve out my own space in this marketplace. You know, I need to grab my sword and, and, and cut through the nonsense and, and really it's very hyper aggressive. And, you know, I preach that a lot because a lot of the people listening are up and coming entrepreneurs and they're still in that hustle phase. But one thing that I've noticed of really, really high level people is that word of giving, of charity. Now, it's, it sounds very frou-frou. I think a lot of people get really put off by it. But one thing that I found is as soon as you start making it more about others than it is about you, you actually maximize your impact. And as a result, for, for those of you that are listening that, that are more self-serving, I, 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 go, I go in and out, right? I go into very self-serving territory. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with being selfish at times. I think, I think it's very good. I think, you know, a lot of people say, well, being selfish is, is bad, right? That's another one of those things that our parents taught us that I think, I think it's wrong because, you know, if you're, let's say, let's say you're a father and you have children. Well, if you don't have assets in order to take care of those kids, then you probably should have been more selfish earlier in your life. Right. And so now that, that lack of selfishness is actually affecting other people. And what I found is, is the people that, are the most quote unquote selfish, AKA rich, right? Are actually the most giving because there, there gets to be a, a paradigm shift where you kind of get over the hump, right? You're kind of accumulating, 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 but look at, you know, Bill Gates, Elon Musk, Steve Jobs, right? All, all of them have, have a protocol and it's an actual system for, for getting rid of their money. So uh, can you maybe talk a little bit about really truly high level people? Because I think, the average person can't really wrap their head around it of how do you find commonalities with people like that? Let's say, you know, let's say I'm a, I'm at era one and let's say Elon Musk is there for whatever reason, you know, in my mind, it's like, what do you even talk to about this guy? He's got to be on such a high level, but one commonality that I found is this giving thing. Uh, what are some others and how do you approach that in, in a way that kind of makes sense from a business standpoint? Yeah. I mean, two things, right? So just going back to Elon, Elon's kids actually go to the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu that you told me about last year. So like you ideally have some research and understanding of who this person is to actually talk about their kids and say, hey, I have an amazing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu teacher. Perhaps your kids might want to yeah, learn from him. Let me, let me pause you for just a sec. Let me yeah. pause you for just a sec, bro. I'm getting some cutouts on your end. Let's kill the video. And then I'm going to just reiterate the, uh, the Elon Musk question and then you can just dig right back into that story. I'm going to kill mine too. Just... That way we don't, uh, that way we don't lose the audio. Check, check, one, two. Yeah, check, 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 check. Oh, awesome. That, yeah, that sounds great. I just don't want to have the, uh, I don't want to lose some, some, some gold nuggets here. So yeah, man, tell me, uh, tell me about this Elon Musk story. I'll cut it in. So again, if you were to meet Elon Musk and Elon Musk's kids actually go to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, <clears throat> you're the one that actually introduced me to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu last year. <clears throat> Excuse me. But the point is, you ideally know some information about your client or the people you admire. It can't be something as simple as, oh, I'm a great fan, big deal, everyone is. It's all about how do you stand out. So the best way for me that I found is really finding out what charities are into and understanding that if you think long-term and you think about giving, if you were to meet Leonardo DiCaprio, and say, Leo, I'm also passionate about the environment, I know you have a foundation, how can I best help out your foundation? So there you're giving value he has actually a gala in July in Saint Tropez. It costs about 8,000 euros. But my point is, these people are much more accessible than you think. If you focus on giving and doing the research to find out their charity that they're involved with and just help the charity out. And I want to stress that you ideally want to find a cause that you actually believe in. You're not just going there to help them because you want to get to know them. But you find a cause because all these people have causes. If you want to get into space travel, obviously Elon Musk is passionate about that, as is Jeff Bezos. But I would suggest that anyone listening to this call, the most high level people, they're very charitable, so just research their charity. And if you don't know, if you see Elon Musk there, just spend two minutes on your phone Googling Elon Musk charity or Britney Spears charity or whatever the person is charity and you'll find what charity they're into and find out how they can even get involved. And that's going to be the best way to give back and to serve. And the other thing on the empirical level is, you talk about high level, I bumped into one of my authors that I love in Davos, and Davos, again, is the, it's the Super Bowl of world leaders. Bill Gates goes there, as do all, like many presidents of the, of the countries in the world. And Adam Grant wrote a book called Originals, How Non-Conformity Change the World. He wrote a book recently with Sheryl Sandberg, who's the CEO of Facebook. But he also wrote a book called Give and Take, where he studies the science of people who are givers and takers. And he found that those that take, 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 don't get very far. 
And those that give counting what they're going to get back don't get very far as well. But those that give without thinking too much about getting back, then those are the ones that get the most. Now, there's also a caveat where some people give so much, they're almost like a doormat. So you want to give, but you want to give more intentionally. And this is why I love reading books about Adam Grant or Charles Duhigg from The Power of Habits or Malcolm Gladwell, because many of them do the research. So I hope your listeners just really know that so much is possible if you think with the right mindset. Dr. Caldewell talked about this. She studied this for thousands, not thousands of years, sorry, three decades, not thousands of years. <laughs> but she talks about the mindset. So if your mindset, Mikhail, is about giving, my mindset is about giving, what are they going to think? Oh, Chris is such a jerk because he likes to give things away, like his free ebook or whatever it might be. I'm like, whatever. Like, people, unfortunately, based on how they're raised, they see the world in a, in a, in a, in a certain way. If, let's say, you grew up very poor and you see the world as they're not really giving people. I'm like, well, you got to shift your mindset and find better people that are givers. So uh, to kind of summarize, if you meet someone high level, instead of just doting on them and being a groupie, you find out what charity they're involved with and ideally go that way because it's just better and more fruitful and more giving. And then based on science by a guy named Adam Grant, you're just going to get more in life if you give. I love it, man. And as, as you can tell, I'm, I'm really weaving the speaking and the networking together because I view these two things as, as such a critical um, synergy of skills that, that you have. And a lot of the, the top level people and especially top level networkers that I've seen, not only are they great networkers, but they're, they're phenomenal at relaying that message. And so as you're listening to this, I think, you know, for the listener, you might be having a little bit of a conflict in your mind because part of you might be saying, well, I don't really care about Leonardo DiCaprio or these charities. Like I'm just trying to make, you know, my, my company work, or I'm just trying to get through my nine to five. But there's a, there's a conflict there because on some other level, you're like, well, that's actually really aspirational. It's actually really cool. It's actually really amazing. And it might feel a little bit out of reach. And so that's why I've had Chris on here is because I think through GPS, it's something that really brings you one step closer to that reality, to kind of wiping away that fear and insecurity of saying, well, I'm in a scarcity paradigm. I shouldn't be concerned about giving. It doesn't necessarily have to be money, right? It could be time. It could be as simple as a smile on the street. I know that sounds really corny and really cheesy, but you know, whenever I go into a coffee shop and order, you know, my, my little coffee, I always try and cheer up the baristas, I always talk about like pandas and just really silly stuff. And, and they look at me like, like you're like the weirdest person. Right. But, but it, it kind of genuinely makes their day. And I remember, uh, I went into this, uh, this coffee bean and, and the girl was in there that, that I always get my little tea latte thing. And she's like, she was like excited that I came in. You could see it on her face. She's like, Oh, this guy again. Right. And so, I mean, just, just imagine that somebody's having a rough day you, you never know the battles that people are, are uh, fighting behind closed doors. You just never know. Um, there, you know everybody's fighting a, a silent battle, right? That's the quote. And uh, the more that you help people, the more that it does come around. And I think that's really, really, really huge. Um, so I urge uh, those people that are listening that if you're a little bit conflicted, you know, check out, the, check out more of Chris's, uh, Chris's stuff. Check out GPS because it's, it's not just about speaking from the stage. I think you hammer that of, you know, become a global speaker, speak from the stage. And from what I've seen of your content, that to me is a, a likely outcome by default. But the other benefits are so much more than just that, right? That's why I hammer the networking because look, when, when you're in a room with that one person that can change your life forever and help you make that bigger impact and provide bigger value to, to, to everyone that's around you, uh, you want to make sure that you do manage that properly because first impressions do last as do last impressions. And that's where GPS really comes in. Uh, can you talk a little bit maybe about, let's kind of, let's kind of segue for a minute here. Uh, you mentioned uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu men. Do you, uh, do you still uh, do BJJ or, you know, I know you moved to Miami, so the schools are probably different there, but um, how did you enjoy yeah. that? And is that I, something I, love, I love, I love, I love BJJ. Like, and, and you're the one that told me last year. So I took a bunch of classes, and it's, it's just so practical. Now I've actually done more boxing, so I've incorporated boxing with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. But it's just about going back to like being active and having a sense of healthiness, because otherwise you can't maintain a sense of energy and a sense of focus. So I haven't been doing 
Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu not since I've been in Miami, but I have taken up boxing and some Muay Thai, so that's been really cool. And just kind of going back to your point, I see networking and speaking on the same line of thought. And I've said this before, you have networking and then you have next level networking, which is speaking. And for the speakers out there, the GPS program is cool. We can go to Christopher.com, but it isn't just about speaking and making money. It's also about your own confidence, your own clarity and your own coverage. The one single quality based on a woman named Bonnie Ware who has been very active in the palliative care where she would help people pass away essentially in a better fashion where she would help people from a from two, two weeks to three months before they passed. And she found the single biggest regret that every single person she met and worked with before they passed away was they wish they had the courage to pursue their dreams and not the expectations of what other people had for them. So when you're a speaker, when you're able to stand on stage, whether in front of two people or 2,000 people, you have a clarity and you have the courage to do what you feel is important. Now, will everyone love you? No, it doesn't matter if everyone loves you because you look at the people that are successful, whether you're Oprah or Gandhi or even Jesus Christ, they all had haters. So get over the fact that there won't be haters. Get over the fact that people won't dislike you because that's just part of it. So I hope people know that networking is the ability to connect with people and speaking is the ability to connect deeper with these people. And when you do that, you'll be better at a, being in a business person, you'd be better at giving. And if you don't want to meet Leonardo DiCaprio, Elon Musk, who cares? Meet the people that are the Elon Musk of your company because in that company, they will need people like yourself to help them out as well. I love it, man. Yeah, that, that, that end result, that end dream that we all have in our minds, right? We need the tools. And so one of the big goals with this podcast is, you know, I, I bring the best of the best on to, to deliver the tools because that was a huge point of frustration for me uh, when I was much younger is I, I felt like I was grasping at, at air, basically trying to figure out all the stuff and, you know, whether that's networking or speaking or business, I mean, the, the, or, you know, positive psychology. I mean, you touched on a, a wide range of topics here. Uh, it's great to have tools that are pre-vetted, you know, pre-thumbsed up, if you will, um, and, and are ready for you to just pop in your toolbox so that you can utilize them whenever you need to, to get that impact and get that end result. Because th the reality of the situation is if you do nothing, you're probably going to get nothing. If you start to do guesswork, you're going to make a lot of mistakes and you're going to have to iterate on your own mistakes. But what I urge for you to do as a listener is, is learn from my mistakes, learn from Chris's mistakes here, you know, check out his stuff or, or don't, you know, if you're, if it's not for you, don't check it out. But just remember that the next time you're at a networking event or you're, you're watching that social media influencer on Instagram or on Facebook or on YouTube, they are delivering their message and you are being affected by it. But really in that moment, while you're consuming that content, you could be the one delivering your message to the world. And there's really nothing stopping you besides for yourself. So, um, Chris, thank you so much for, uh, for hopping on. Let's, um, let's do this. We're, we're going we're gonna to do a quick rundown. And then to wrap, I'd like to talk about that lens concept uh, that, uh, that you mentioned. But before we get into it, uh, so for those of you guys that are listening, obviously, as always, all of the uh, links to every single thing in this podcast episode will be found below in the show notes. That includes all of the references. That includes all of the books, all of the articles, the link to Chris's amazing GPS program directly, the link to all of Chris's social so you can follow up with him on, I'm assuming you're on Twitter, LinkedIn, etc. And obviously we will see if we can include a little special discount on GPS for you. I'm going to have to bribe Chris after the call. But um, before we wrap here, can you maybe uh, do a quick little thing? Can you tell people what is the best way to get a hold of you if they want to get a hold of you? And then Explain that lens concept of how people see the world. Yeah, so they can, the best way is just go on Instagram. My Instagram handle is the global speaker. That's the best way they can, they can message me. And um, the lens, what, what, what specifically are you talking about? Yeah, so you, you, and this, is a, this is a deep concept, right? You mentioned that everybody has a lens through which they see the world. And oh. the, the first time that, that I think the average person hears that, it's like, okay, yeah, that's an obvious concept. I get it. But that in and of itself is a lens, right? This idea that, oh, you get it. Okay, I can disqualify this. I, th I think 
I myself even get caught in that trap of, of almost knowing too much. And so you're like, oh, I already know that. And so I'm not going to allow the universe to unpack that for me. So can you, can you talk a little bit about, for those that are listening, what, what's a way that they can take that lens of the world? I mean, take, take me for an example. I'll just put myself under the gun here. You know, I grew up uh, in Russia, right? My family always taught me, save money, save money, save money. You know, that thing you want, don't get it because you're going to want to save money so you have it when you're old. And that was a big lens for me. I saw the world through this, this lens of scarcity that money is scarce. And I, to this day, I'm still working on erasing that. So what are some things that people can do to kind of, I, I guess, I don't know if this is a proper word, abundify, <laughs> like, like create a lens of abundance in their life? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why it's so important to have people around you that support you. That's why in my GPS program, the reason why I'm so happy and excited about it is because if they're feeling negative or down or depressed, they just can reach out to the gifters in our community and I'll reach out to them as well. So one of the hardest things is that you can hear the advice, you get motivated by whoever you get motivated by, but then if your girlfriend or boyfriend is constantly being negative, if your husband and wife are constantly being negative, if you watch TV, if you watch these news sources, all this negativity is just, just, just flooding you, then you're not going to be very well, right? So I have a very simple litmus test. If I meet someone and they help me become a better person and I hope I help them become a better person, I'm going to stick with that person. But if, they, if I meet someone and they're like negative and cynical and, and, and pessimistic, then I cut them out immediately. So I encourage everyone on this, on this podcast to be very critical and very direct and very specific and intentional with who you surround yourself with. Because if you do that alone, you'll already be exponentially more abundant or abundified, as you called it, or more focused on your success as opposed to just trying to change someone trying to convince someone where don't even bother like if someone's not ambitious so what move on people spend so much time trying to change someone trying to tell someone and they waste so much time and effort i'm like look someone is who they are if you say you want to be successful you hang out with more successful people and it's all probability if you meet 10 people a day and nine out of 10 people are negative especially the person you're sleeping with then you're going to be not very successful but if the nine out of 10 people every single day that is positive, altruistic, ambitious, strategic, business-oriented, entrepreneurial, then you tell me you're not going to be more successful by meeting those people? I love it. Yeah. It's, so it's, it's, lens changes on. by literally just finding people around you that give you a different way of looking at things. And you can tell based on my tone of voice, like I'm just super passionate as a person because I so get really sad when I see people that are not living their dreams. And it doesn't have to be because again, I didn't grow up with money. I didn't grow up with connections. I had a mother who was a school teacher. I had a father that was a case manager. I had hand-me-down clothes. I got teased as a kid. I got punished. I got ridiculed being stupid and dumb. And now here I am traveling the world as a speaker, right? So, so much of life is about your mindset and your lens, but you can't keep thinking about that. Because what happens is this, you can be bullied one time in seventh grade, and from seventh grade to let's say someone's 50 years old for like almost 40 years, you keep talking about how you're bullied and bullied and bullied. So you're just literally planting this seed, which is a weed, and it's growing and growing and growing. And now your entire forest of success is now just surrounded by weeds. Whereas if you just said, okay, that was one time in that one moment that hurt a lot, but I'm going to have other people that lifted me up. And it just really comes down to the thoughts you feed in your mind because we have about 70,000 thoughts a day according to neuroimaging and I don't know why people are constantly putting these negative thoughts in their mind because life is hard enough people die we have health issues we have actual real things you have to deal with health wise so why would we actually have our own 70,000 thoughts negating our own thoughts of positivity or focus that's why I never thought I never understood that like I have challenging times but my thoughts in the best case scenario are always focused on actionable items, positive things, practical things, science-based things. So it just elevates your psyche and your minds and your, and your wavelengths so that I'm not focusing on these negative thoughts. Do I have some of them? Sometimes. I do my best not to vocalize them. When I meet people that have negative thoughts, like, dude, why are you wasting your 70,000 thoughts on negative things when you can focus on positive things? Yeah, totally. I think a lot of people, when they try and rewire this, they go inwards. And I think one of the things that you mentioned that's really cool is you don't always have to just go inwards. You can actually create external reference points that are going to rewire your internal thought patterns, AKA surround yourself with more positive people 
put yourself in even brighter light, right? Really, really simple tricks where, you know, if you smile and let's say 10 people walk by you and you smile and, and none of them return that smile, but, but then one of them does, you know, focus, focus on that and use that to amplify the energy of uh, what you can actually do and use that as the barometer of your internal state, not the nine negative reactions, right? Uh, so, so really, uh, you know, it's called RES, reticular activation system. We talk about that quite a bit on things that you actually fixate on and fixate more on the positive. And th that really goes a long way because I'm the same way. I don't have any time for complaining. If somebody wants to, you know, talk to me about their life problems, um, you, you know, th there's, there's obviously situations where that is appropriate, but in general, I, I believe that you know we should be lifting each other up. We've we've got a big mission on this planet. We're we're about to face. I truly believe one of the most trying times of humanity, given the environmental conditions that we're facing here. Uh, and the, the best way for us to do that is to bond together, uh, be a team, be the Navy SEALs, and, and and break through these barriers that we have for ourselves and help each other break through those barriers. So, uh, to to wrap here, can you maybe talk about? You know, for, for those people that, that are still listening, uh, first off, thank you, thank you, thank you for taking the time to uh, listen to this podcast. And uh, what I want Chris to do is, Chris, can you unpack what GPS is, what, uh, what it does, and what people can expect if they get it? And then uh, we'll do a short little wrap-up. Sounds good. So again, GPS stands for the Gifted Professional Speaker Program. Based on my experience of speaking all around the world for 19 years, and I walk through step-by-step, step, how do you go about writing your bio? How do you go about finding your clients, both online and offline? How do you go about branding yourself so they understand the business and branding side of speaking? So it's not just speaking, but it's understanding how do you serve your clients? And so it's a step-by-step -step fashion where I literally put screenshots of email scripts. You have a community group in Facebook where we're in 100 cities, 24 countries and five continents. So it's really a step-by-step -step process where I walk you through how do you become a global speaker where you can travel the world, influence people, and most importantly, really just live the life of your dreams. I love it, brother. And um, obviously for all of the links, we'll include those in the show notes. Uh, thank you so much, man, for making a positive impact in my life, which you definitely had. You, you've connected me to some amazing people and you yourself have been a great positive influence. Thank you for uh, hopping on the podcast, sharing your wisdom i will definitely show some love to the socials so that people can you know follow you on all relevant places including instagram facebook twitter uh linkedin as well if that is necessary and um i guess as a closing statement so what we usually do is uh let's say you had kids and you know you were um preparing to part this earth, this great, this great place that we've uh, had the pleasure of inhabiting for a short while of our lives, what would be the one or two sentence uh, lesson that you would impart to your kids if, um, if you were to leave? And it was Learn how to master sales. Really? Learn how to master sales? Huh. Everything is sales. Everything is persuasion. Everything is trying to you know, impact someone. So we don't like to think of it this way, but a pastor or a preacher, a theologian, look at Jesus Christ. People don't look at him as a salesperson, but he's a person of persuasion where he's able to convince and his disciples were able to convince 2 billion people to follow him. You know, Muhammad, he's able to influence 1 million billion people to follow him. So it's really about how do you understand how to persuade people? And that's science, that's psychology. So I hope people realize that it's so much, it's so important to do that. Awesome. And, and uh, you mentioned a lot of great books. If you have any other uh, book recommendations for the listeners, obviously your own books are phenomenal and I'll link every single one of them below. But if you have anything, maybe you've recently been reading that really stuck out for you. Yeah. One of my friends, his name is Chris Foss. He's a former FBI agent. He's the former chief kidnapping negotiator for the FBI. So he wrote a book called Never Split the Difference, which mm -hmm. teaches you Negotiation skills you can apply in business that you learn in the FBI. It's called Never Split the Difference. It's the best EQ type book that's practical and tactical you can use in your life. It's a phenomenal book, and I'm grateful to call him a friend of mine. That's a, uh, that's a great read. Highly recommended and seconded. Negotiate as if your life depends on it. Really great read. Um, Chris, thank you so much, brother. Um, great to have you on, and uh, nothing but love for you. If you have any 
other parting words. So that's, that's it on my end. Um, you know, just thanks so no. much for coming on. Just nothing but gratitude. All right. Thanks so much, Mikhail. Awesome. Thanks, Chris. really is a revolution. Listen, uh, Vanguardi Baker. We've never wavered in that position. I believe we should try to do things in his spirit. Everything you hold worthwhile is at stake. Beyond yourselves and ourselves. I have a dream. Freedom is indivisible. Uh, I took the initiative in creating the internet. There have come with incredible rapidity, one electrical arc after another. Still trying to get myself adjusted.